What's up everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Da Vinci Cases. Alright, so the way this works is we've got a clinical case followed by a board style question. So we're going to go through the question stem, point out the relevant clinical findings, take a look at the question and the answer choices, and then kind of divert for a minute and go through the relevant concepts to answering the question. Then we'll come back and apply those concepts that we went over to answering the question. Hi everyone, my name is Sydney Weir and I'm a fourth year medical student at UAB Hearsing School of Medicine. I'm applying into dermatology this year and I'm looking forward to going through these dermatology case series. So let's go ahead and jump into case four. So here we have a 45-year-old woman who presents the clinic with complaints of upper body weakness. Over the past four months, she has noticed difficulties with opening and closing jars when making her kids' lunch in the mornings. She has also been unable to finish blow-drying her hair over the past month. Physical exam reveals erythema over the malar region involving the nasolabial folds, as you can see in the image below, and diffuse erythema on the chest. Which lab is the most specific for this patient's condition? So before talking about the diagnosis and thus the question stem, let's go ahead and break down this question. So here are some of the key findings. In addition to having the demographics, a 45-year-old woman, we also have this localization of weakness, so the upper body. The question also gives us um, some indications that she may be having hand weakness, so difficulties opening and closing jars and also the shoulder weakness um, shown by being unable to finish blow drying her hair. So difficulties kind of holding her arms above her head and thus having some proximal weakness. And then of course the physical exam findings are very telling. Um, so she has this erythema over the malar region involving the nasolabial folds. So let's go ahead and take a look at this picture one more time. You can really see that it's subtle. However, she has erythema in this malar area here. And you can't really see it in this um, nasal labial fold. However, here you can see that the erythema kind of extends down into the mouth region. And I will admit this picture, it's definitely difficult to see. And I'm hoping they'd give you a little bit more obvious of a picture. However, um, it's just one hint along with the question stem. And then they also give you that she has erythema on the chest, which we would call the Shaw sign, which I'll explain more in a little bit. So right now, given that she's having kind of weakness and also has cutaneous findings, that puts dermatomyositis really high on the differential for us. And then less likely would be polymyositis or systemic lupus erythematis. So kind of going a little bit more into the diseases on our differential, we'll start off with polymyositis. So this is an autoimmune myopathy characterized by symmetric proximal weakness. However, there will be no rash. Um, this is really driven by T-cell um, causing inflammation in the medial endomesial layer of the muscles. And the classic symptoms that you'll see are progressive weakness in the hips and shoulders, dysphagia and dysphonia. Um, I will say that it doesn't necessarily have to be in the hips and shoulders at the same time. You could just have shoulder weakness or hip weakness. However, um, both have been described in these patients. And with dermatomyositis, basically, you know, the same thing, autoimmune myopathy. However, along with the proximal muscle weakness, you will also have a rash typically. 
And instead of having CD8 driven inflammation, it's typically CD4 and complement driven inflammation of the perimesial layer of the muscle. And then some symptoms that help differentiate these two conditions is that you have the Shaw sign in dermatomyositis, which is that photosensitive pink rash on the neck and trunk. You can have the heliotrope rash, which is um, sort of a purple or red rash around the eyelids. And then last, you could have the Gotron papules, which are plaques um, that actually form on the bony prominences of the hands and elbows. So I believe I have some pictures coming up. So here you can see, this is dermatomyositis of the eyelids. So that erythematous sort of diffuse region on the um, orbit here. And then we've had an example of the Shaw sign over the shoulder. So sort of diffuse red plaque on this area can also extend into the chest and neck. Here's a great example of the erythematous red plaques that form on the bony prominences of the hands and fingers. And then lastly, of course, the picture of our patient with the butterfly rash that actually extends into the nasal labial folds. Whereas in something like lupus, you will also have the butterfly rash. However, it typically spares the nasal labial folds. And just quickly touching on lupus, I'm um, not going to get too far deep into it because we could have, you know, a whole lecture on, on lupus and all the things that it can cause. However, high yield to know that it's typically characterized by acute flares with, you know, a rash, joint pain, and possibly a fever. And there's multiple organ systems that are affected in lupus, including renal, the CNS, cutaneous findings cardiovascular and hematologic organ systems. So definitely be familiar with all the different ways lupus can present because it's very high yield. And now um, just to review the autoimmune antibodies. So they love to test on these in any of the step exams. So I definitely recommend being familiar with which ones are specific for each disease. Um, they love to throw on anti-nuclear antibody. However, this is not very specific for lupus. Um, it can be elevated in a whole host of other autoimmune diseases. So while it can hint to us that an autoimmune process is happening in a patient, it doesn't really help us in differentiating which one is being caused. So for the lupus, I would recommend knowing that anti-double-stranded DNA is very, um, is more specific for this condition. And then for antiphospholipid syndrome, definitely be familiar with anti-beta-2 glycoprotein because you can see anti-cardiolipin and lupus anticoagulant actually overlap in these two conditions. And then for drug-induced lupus, antihistone is the one you're looking for. For Sjogren's, anti-Rho and anti-Law. I included the other way that you can see it. It's kind of confusing. Um, because it can come up either way, just makes it a little bit more difficult, but they're the same thing. And then mixed connective tissue disease is the anti-U1RNP. This one's not as high yield and I've not seen it come up too much. However, I have seen this antibody surface um, in relation to other autoimmune conditions. So I guess just being familiar with it would be helpful. And then lastly, we've got scleroderma, probably the 
most important one to know here would be your anti-DNA tuberosomerase 1 and your anti-centromere. So definitely would remember those. And then um, again, you can see anti-nuclear antibody can be elevated in scleroderma as well as lupus. So not very specific. And then lastly, the focus of our question, dermatomyositis. Um, so anti-SRP or signal recognition particle is, is the most specific for dermatomyositis, but you can see the anti-JO or the anti-helicase um, elevated in, in these two conditions. And so going back to our questions, um, because this woman has dermatomyositis, given that she has the proximal muscle weakness along with the cutaneous findings, the answer here is D, anti-SRP. And just a quick review of each of the other ones. So anti-nuclear antibody can be elevated in lupus and in scleroderma. However, I just put SLE here. Um, Anti-double-stranded DNA, more specific for lupus. Anti-DNA toporisomerase 1, you'll see that elevated in scleroderma, pretty specific for this. Of course, our answer, dermatomyositis. And then anti-U1-RNP is again, um, that mixed connective tissue disease. And so if you have any questions about this, here's my contact information. Feel free to DM with any questions or concerns. Um, and, Jen, and then just a quick plug for the image that we've been using for this question. Our patient here, this image was obtained from the UAB Digital Dermatology Atlas, which is a free resource for medical students to have access to common dermatologic conditions across diverse skin types. Thank you so much for your attention and I'll see you all in case five. All right, that's all I have for you this time. Be sure to check out all the DaVinci Cases videos available on our YouTube channel and our website, dviacademy.com. The PDF notes for every DaVinci Cases is also available on our website. Also be sure to check out our podcast, The DaVinci Hour, where we interview attendings and residents across medicine to learn more about their experiences, their specialties, and to get their insights on navigating a career in medicine. You can find the DaVinci Hour podcast on our website or any platform where podcasts are found. Lastly, you can find all of our video courses and corresponding outline format books on our website. Don't forget to use the discount code DC20 for 20% off.